0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit JDPower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or SleepNumber.com. Hi, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. This is Rachel Fisher.
1: Hi, this is Desi Janikin.
0: We're going to start out the show by thanking our Patreon contributors from this past week. They went to patreon.com slash scene. We just put some new content up there for you to enjoy when you subscribe. This week we had Ashley, Shanna, Karen, Jen, Bethany, Jennifer, Amanda, Junkyard Honey, Rache, Laura, PM, Charlotte, Melanie, Lisa, Jose, Pow, Lisa, James, and Megan. Thank you. Thank you all so much. We also, at the top of the show, have two
1: birthday shout outs. We do. Do you want to do the first one? Sure. Uh, So this one is from our listener named Letitia. She you know, talks about how she loves the show and how it helped her get through 2020 and 21. She also says that it has made her friendship with Nikki that much stronger. We love to nerd out on your show, discuss your episodes on a weekly basis, even if it's by text. I talked so much about your Patreon. She finally joined. Well, thank, thank you, you Letitia. Anyway, it is Nikki's birthday birthday. I think she said it is the 7th. It, so is that tomorrow? It's going to... When this episode airs. Oh, so it's today. Happy birthday, Nikki. Happy birthday, Nikki. Uh, it's a pretty nice friend you have in Letitia. <laughs> yeah,
0: and thanks for, thanks for the kind words. Yeah, too. it's really
1: nice. They said they both love food. So I hope that they um, send us what they ate for their birth, her birthday if they go out together. Yeah,
0: we want to know what you guys
1: ate. At the very least, Nikki, you got to send us what you ate on your birthday. For sure. Uh, I want so to know. Yeah. Happy birthday, Nikki. Happy birthday. Our next birthday comes
0: from Melbourne, Australia. I can only say Melbourne if I do an Australian accent and a bad one. Okay. I just say it, Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> That's incorrect, though. I, and, and I don't know you. that it is. They'll tell you. <laughs> this birthday, happy birthday, goes out to Luma. Her birthday is on the 11th. And it's from her sister-in-law, Genevieve. Yeah, And she wants to know if we're ever going to come down to Australia,
1: we absolutely will. The lifelong dream for me. I definitely want to go to Australia and definitely see Luma and Genevieve there and they can tell us what food places to go eat.
0: Yeah. She says that Melbourne has an amazing (laughs) food scene.
1: I believe it. So I hope you guys have, I think you're in lockdown, but maybe Luma can get some food. Delivered. Or bake a cake. Have a delicious cake and we, let us know what you, you do. We always want to know what you ate. So have a good birthday. Happy birthday, Luma. Happy birthday. And I'm looking forward to your reunion. Send Me- us pictures when you guys re- reunite. Oh. Right? Yeah, that's Luma sweet. and Genevieve. Yeah. We want to see you when you have your um brunch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Bye. All right. <laughs>
1: I don't know what to, I don't know how to
0: end it. <laughs> We're going to uh do a two-part episode for this case. There's okay. a lot of backstory that I want to talk about. And there's some aftermath stuff that the book doesn't get into because the book was written in 1991, but there is stuff that happened after. That happened afterwards. So I did read a book for my main source for this episode, and the book is titled Missy's Murder, Passion, Betrayal, and Murder in Southern California. It's by Karen Kingsbury. She was a reporter for the LA Daily News, and yeah, let's just get started. Missy Avila was born February 8th, 1968 in Los Angeles to Irene and Ernie Avila, She was the youngest of her two siblings, brothers Ernie Jr. and Mark. Irene Avila grew up in Arlita, which is a small suburban neighborhood in LA's San Fernando Valley. Do you know where Arlita is? No. Well, Arlita lies north of Burbank in between Panorama
1: City and Pacoima. Oh, okay. So it's like... That's where um, Danny Trejo was from, Pacoima. Where he was born? Well, he lived there for his childhood.
0: For a little bit, yeah. Yeah. So Irene met Ernie Avila when they were just kids, and they fell in love and got married when they were 19. After giving birth to Ernie Jr. and Mark, 26-year-old Irene gave birth to a beautiful baby girl that she named Michelle, but she would become to be known as Missy. A few years later, her baby brother Chris would be born. The Avila children were all born and raised in Arlita, just as their parents were. From an early age, Missy was a happy, smart, sweet, and very popular girl. At home, Missy was very close with her mother, Irene, and although raising four kids was difficult, Irene doted on each of her children. She worked as an accountant and was happy that she was able to stay at home with her kids while she worked. When Missy was seven years old, she brought a new friend home and introduced her to her mother. Her name was Karen Seberson and she had just moved into the neighborhood. Though they were the same age, Karen was much taller and bigger than Missy, who was a very petite girl. At school that day, Missy noticed that Karen was being bullied by some of the other kids, either because of her weight or because she was the new girl. It's not exactly clear, but kids are assholes. And Missy took it upon herself to make friends with Karen. She didn't think it was fair that the other kids were being mean to her. Hmm. Karen had two parents who loved and adored her just like Missy's did, but from a young age, Karen discovered how to manipulate them into getting what she wanted. Not only did Karen manipulate her parents, she also started manipulating the kids at school. Apparently, Karen had a knack for making friends with other little girls by telling a girl that her friend said something bad about her and that she would never do that. It's possible that Karen could sense that Missy could be easily manipulated as she was such a kind and trusting person. Karen's the original Karen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and uh, just wait, does he? Okay. The very first day that Karen came over to Missy's house, she told Missy's mother, Irene, that her parents were divorced. It wasn't until two weeks later when Irene met Karen's mother, Paula, that she found out that was a flat out lie damn her parents were still together
1: she just wants sympathy
0: did you know kids in school who would like say bad things about their life that were just completely false
1: yeah i feel like i feel like i definitely knew people like that but it was such a it was more pathetic though cuz it was clear they just wanted sympathy yeah uh or you know if people were being mean to them, like it was always the kids everyone was mean to, so it was definitely like a buffer like, yeah um i feel, like any attention is good attention,
0: right, yeah. and I feel like there's like different kinds of liars there's like people who lie for like for like a a perp, like a greater purpose where it's like i'm I need to get get out of get away with something or like cover for myself, and then yeah. there's people who lie just for the sake of lying, like they're pathological liars. Yes. Where they make up fantastical things about themselves.
1: Yeah, definitely. So
0: I feel like that is like the type that Karen was. She's the second type. Even from a young age. Karen also lied about coming from a big family with lots of children, when in reality, she was the only child to her two parents. Irene chalked it up to Karen wishing that she had the close relationship that her best friend Missy had with her three brothers. But as much as Missy loved her brothers, she had always wanted to have a sister, and Karen was just like that for her. And Karen felt the same way about Missy, and the two girls became inseparable. Well, by the time they were in middle school, Karen felt the pangs of jealousy as Missy attracted a lot of attention from boys. Missy, she felt, was everything she wasn't. Pretty, popular, and good at school. Yeah, I mean that's that's tough when your friend is like surpassing you in the social hierarchy. I think
1: that's common too, where your friends when you're young and maybe you wouldn't have been in high school, but you kind of have this friendship from a long time, and one person feels like they're not. Uh, boys don't like them as much. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and they—that's probably a very uh, bad feeling. I mean, I had that with my best friend
0: all throughout childhood. Like, she was definitely way more popular and liked than I was and boys liked her. And I was just like a fucking freak. Yeah. You know? And I wasn't like, like I still loved her and we still hung out and stuff, but I didn't hang out with her and like her cool friends. Yeah. But I definitely had those feelings of like, I'm a fucking weirdo. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, So I, I get that. There was one instance when they were around 15 when Karen approached a group of girls at school and she told them that Missy told everyone that they had all slept with the same guy at a party.
1: So she's just trying to make everyone hate Missy to kind of level the playing field for her. Exactly.
0: She's trying to like, she's like a real shit stirrer and she's even implicating her friends in like
1: these lies. Well, it's also kind of like if everyone hates Missy, then she'll just have to be with me too. Do you know what I mean? Like Bingo. Yeah.
0: That's exactly what she was doing. And yes, also to take her down a peg and
1: make her solely
0: dependent on Karen for friendship. This is something she had been doing since she was seven years old. So these girls were furious at the idea that Missy was spreading gossip about them. So they put a mean note tape to her locker. (gasps) You never want a mean note on your locker. Missy was baffled as to why these girls had suddenly stopped talking to her. I guess they didn't like sign the note. It was something just like bitch. Yeah. on her locker, but yeah. all of a sudden this group of girls stopped talking to her and she's like, "We were friends. I don't understand. Yeah. what's happening?" And there was Karen there to offer her support to yeah. Missy and say like, "Oh, you don't need them. Yeah. I'm your friend. Yeah. I love you. They're just jealous." <laughs> Not long after Karen began seeing a guy named Michael, she told Missy that he had gotten her pregnant and she wanted to keep the baby. Missy was distraught because they were both still so young. Yeah. They're like 15 at this point. When Karen was five months pregnant, she dropped out of school. After school, Missy and her friend Laura Doyle would go over to Karen's house to visit her. By the time Karen had her baby, a girl named Andrea, the father, Michael, had left her. So now she's alone and fucking pissed off, and she has this baby. Papa, don't preach. (laughs) It's a real Papa, don't preach situation. She's alone, and she's completely unable to be a parent. Uh, Yeah. I mean, totally understandable, but this is...
1: This I mean, not it's not a, this is not exactly um a surprise. No.
0: <laughs> it's it's not a good situation. No. So the child rearing duties often fell to her own parents, and she would just leave the house to go hang out with Missy. One day the girls were hanging out at Missy's house and they got into a huge fight. Karen was like, if you'll you, you know, if you were really my friend, you'd like quit seeing this guy and help me take care of my baby. What? So she wanted like Missy to co-parent with her, basically. And Missy was like, I don't know what to say. And then Karen stormed out of the house. Ugh. This is like a high level manipulation here. Yeah. Karen did eventually go back to school when her baby was just under a year old. Missy was really excited for her best friend to come back to school. So, she was disappointed when Karen decided to attend Continuation High School instead of the high school that they went to with everyone else. Right. Now, I went to Continuation High School and there were pregnant girls at my high school. I mean, Karen
1: might not have had a choice. Right? Yeah,
0: I mean, that was like a very common thing. Like it was like if <laughs> Well, because if you
1: have a schedule that maybe is erratic, maybe, you know what I
0: mean? Yeah. And continuation high school, at least in my case, and also in the case of these girls, it gets out at noon. Yeah. They give you four hours. You're, you're there from eight to noon. It's great if you're an at-risk youth or you have a baby yeah. uh, and your schedule is weird. Yeah. Um, they just but, want to keep you in
1: school some that's, yeah. That's basically, that's basically, the, yeah, that's
0: basically the point. And I'm gonna go into a little bit later that that schedule comes into play a little bit later. Um, so Karen's like, I have to go to continuation high school. But also for Karen, she just couldn't bear to face her peers at the school that she used to go to because yeah. she was the teen mom and she had gained 50 pounds during her pregnancy, which is normal, but kids are assholes. Yes, and she was already sensitive about her weight. Yes. Missy, being the loyal and compassionate person she was, wasn't willing to give up on her friend Karen. This was a tumultuous time in Missy's life. Not only was her best friend a new mom, but her parents were separating. (gasps) And that's really tough on a kid. Her and her siblings were all devastated, as was her mother Irene. At this time Missy's grades began dropping. She was always an excellent student, but suddenly she was getting Cs and lower. She told her mom that she wanted to go to Continuation High School with Karen. Um now <laughs> the book like the book was written in 1991 and there is definitely I feel like there's kind of some shades of like moralizing in here about like what yeah. these kids were up to which I feel like Is kind of beside the point of what happens in this story. right? And a lot of it does seem like typical teenage behavior, but I just want to read this one little excerpt because it is kind of a time capsule. Uh, The book says, quote, this is about Missy, it says, quote, she began listening to heavy metal rock music and bought a black leather biker jacket, like those worn by the other kids at Continuation High School. (laughs) That sounds cool. Like, (laughs) I mean, it is kind of absurd because it's like I, I knew I knew the goths in high school. Like before I went to continuation high school, like I I knew a bunch of goths in high school who were actually really good students.
1: Oh yeah, like or the- like they're very into like art. Like they yeah. excelled in sort of uh, certain subjects, right? Like, I think obviously this is like remnants of the sa- Satanic Panic. But I'm not thinking of goths here. I'm thinking of metalheads, right?
0: But I just this mean, is the 80s. right? This is 80s. But I just mean anyone who's like an alternative aesthetic or
1: whatever. Well, I would say metalheads, uh, in my experience, were not the good students that the goths were. <laughs> the, the goths were very studious. Yeah, at my but school. the metalheads were definitely a little bit more. Dirt baggy in my school. And yeah. I hung out with them sometimes because they smoked and drank and like were like fuck school. But they were definitely not the good students at my school. No. Uh so I feel like it makes sense that they were all in continuation high school. Right. Because that's what it was like for me right. in like Long Island. Right. Uh and that's not disparaging. That was just the reality. They didn't fucking like school. Right. I didn't either. I didn't either. And <laughs> I just wasn't a metalhead. Uh,
0: Yeah. I mean, I hung out with a lot of the like, you know, wannabe crust punks. And I say wannabe because they they dressed like crust punks. But come on, we were in Marin County.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, my area, Long Island, the area I was in was very rich too. Yeah. So these were definitely just kind of like, come on.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But you know what? Continuation High School, if it wasn't for Continuation High School, I would not have graduated high school.
1: Oh, I mean, I think that's true for a lot. And a lot of times you start in continuation high school, you can focus on um, career stuff. Yeah. Like you can take... I remember a lot of girls became beauticians. They yeah. focus in that. Or you can take like shop or mechanics and stuff like that. Right. So it does start training you because it's like, you're not going to college. <laughs> <laughs> so they kind of give you these vocational skills. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I had no
1: aspirations of going to
0: college yeah. whatsoever. And, you know but it definitely like the kids in public school like there were like there was kind of like at least some of the kids in pub- in the regular school or whatever there there was like a stigma like oh you have to
1: you have to go to the bad kids school oh for sure you know it definitely was like a thing right where you it was bad be- usually associated with some bad behavior or truancy too which look yeah. i
0: did have very bad behavior and i was a truant
1: yeah me too i and got it- for truancy <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know what? I had better things to be doing than freshman algebra for the third year in a row. Look, I used
1: to roll in with my coffee and my egg sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) The egg sandwich, the fucking the you gotta in Long Island. You got your egg fucking sandwich, the coffee and the blue and white Greek cup. Oh my god, that was my morning routine. I didn't even have that. Oh Oh, yeah. yeah. Also leaving campus—that was the other thing I did. We weren't supposed to leave campus, and I always would roll out for lunch. <laughs> oh, really? You didn't have after- no. We didn't really? have an open campus. Oh yeah. my
0: god! See, before I went to continuation high school, uh, you know, off campus lunches
1: that saved my life because I'd get real high. It's possible it was only for like the lower classmen, right? But by the time I was a senior, I was expelled. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I mean, um, the scary thing, the fucked up thing is, is I got suspended uh, while I was at continuation high school. Ooh. Yeah. That's only because I went over to the regular school and caused some trouble. Yeah. Um, That's
1: nice. Yeah. Twice in one year. Not a... (laughs) Not... (laughs) I always laugh. I hadn't even thought. I think I said this before, but I hadn't even thought about school. And someone asked me one time, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I got expelled." (laughs) And they were like, "For what?" I was like, "Truancy." I was like, "I'm literally the little rascals."
0: Look, you know what? Some people like are not built for the classical or whatever education system that we have. I was
1: done with childhood. (laughs) I wanted out as soon as we were done with like shapes. I literally went and got my GED, like, the next week after. I, like, didn't even study for it. <laughs> I like got, like, almost 100 or whatever the perfect score was. Oh my I was God. like, I'm done. Okay, we'll take a break.
0: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right?
1: Visit BetterHelp.com slash HCS today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, hel pcom slash H-C-S.
0: Well, Missy did not do any better grade-wise at Continuation High School. She was now getting shitty grades over there. But she was very happy that she got to spend more time with her best friend, Karen. Missy's mom confronted her daughter one night after she came home after 10 p.m. Missy confided in her that she had tried weed. According to Missy's friends, though, she had already been smoking weed for about two months at this point. This just goes to show how close Missy was with her mother, Irene. And Irene was a very compassionate supportive mother right they were she they told each other everything missy and her mom irene were still very close even though missy was kind of going through this thing she was going through irene was someone that missy trusted and she knew that she loved her unconditionally meanwhile karen was spinning out of control She was on the verge of failing, she was partying nonstop, sometimes even with her baby in the same room (gasps) as her, and Missy was growing pretty concerned. It was 1984, when the girls were 16, when Karen's behavior reached a tipping point. It seemed like she had more inner rage toward her best friend Missy than she had ever had before. One day, Karen walked up to the toughest girls at their high school and said to one of the girls, hey, how come I didn't see you at that party last night? You know, Missy was there with your boyfriend. (gasps) Now, there was no party that night, but she just made up this scenario to stir up the the pot. Um, And then Karen said, yeah, Missy's been fucking your boyfriend. Holy shit. Now, this girl and her boyfriend had been going through a rough patch, and she had recently become suspicious of him, but she had never previously suspected that Missy of all people right. could be involved. But now she did. Oh my God. Now that Karen was like, oh, Missy's, that's what's going on with your boyfriend. Missy's fucking him. This girl who the book refers to as Tina. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> look, a, there were, there are the names of like the more minor characters or people in this story. A lot of them
1: were changed. I just like that. She chose Tina. It sounds, it sounds realistic. This was like the tough top bitch. Tina. Tina. You don't Don't fuck with Tina's boyfriend. You don't
0: fuck with Tina or her boyfriend. She was a very tall girl. Oh. She Tina could fuck you up. And Karen knew this. Pretty fucked up thing to do. Yeah. So, obviously Tina became enraged. And Karen was like, "Oh, but please don't tell Missy. She'll be so mad if if, if I yeah. said anything. I was just trying to like be a good friend and let you know, but yeah, let's just like don't tell Missy, yeah. okay?" Obviously, Like I said, all this was a complete lie. Karen just wanted to poke the bear. The next day after school, Missy was approached by Tina and three other girls. (gasps) And this is like off campus. She's walking home from school. She gets ambushed by these girls. Tina started slapping Missy in the face and calling her a whore. And Missy has no idea what the fuck is happening. She's like, what did I do? And then the other girls started beating on her so she's like getting jumped by this crew tina said after they finished beating her up you can thank your friend karen severson for that one
1: and karen's like i told you not to say anything yeah
0: and then they ran off and missy was stunned she's like karen what is what does karen have to
1: do with missy missy needs to get quick
0: with things i know i feel horrible i mean it's like you know i was thinking back i was like because now as an adult i'm like god like why didn't she cut Karen loose before? But like you know, when you're a kid and you have friends and you go through all these like insane things together and like you hurt each other, but then you're friends again the next week.
1: Yeah, like there's
0: so, I feel like there's so many like you can have such volatile relationships when you're. But a also, kid. the
1: consequences start becoming m- more serious when you're more adult. Yeah, even though they're teenagers still, but it's like as the older you get, the bigger the consequences. Like right, yeah.
0: So. She ran home sobbing. Irene was alarmed to see her daughter's face all bruised up. Jeez. Missy, of course, told her everything that happened, including that they said that Karen was the one who told them this lie that she had slept with Tina's boyfriend. But Missy trusted her friends so much that she believed that Tina had made the whole thing up about Karen. Ugh. So she was like, that's the
1: person who's lying about this. I mean, obviously, I didn't trust too much. <laughs> but I don't think I ever trusted someone that much. yeah, especially if things happened a bunch. No, yeah, I agree. I think this was just she's in it
0: it's she's yeah. in it. She's in this relationship. it's like it's I like would, an abusive relationship. It, it's like an abusive relationship yeah. absolutely and as soon and soon after that, the story of Missy sleeping with Tina's boyfriend at a party was all over the school. <gasps> So there's that on top yeah. of it. And Karen was there to comfort her all through it. Yes, that's the abusive. Right. In the fall of 1984, Missy and Karen entered their junior year of high school. Missy had grown her hair out long out to her waist. And at this time, she was just too focused on boys to still be upset about her parents' separation. So she's coming out of her angst. She's like... Just getting D. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she was very popular with the boys. She dated a lot and it's like, All the boys loved Missy. She had recently lost her virginity and, of course, being very close with her mom, she let her know. During the first semester of junior year, Missy was particularly fond of a boy that she started dating named Victor Amaya, who was two years older than her. They weren't officially boyfriend and girlfriend, but they were close friends who had sex sometimes. And they genuinely had the kind of relationship where it was like they really respected each other and loved each other mostly just as friends, but they also had a physical... Right, and they were both on the same
1: page about it.
0: They weren't like one wanted to date the other or whatever. And Victor just adored Missy, and Irene liked Victor a lot too. It was during her junior year when Missy began to not hang out with Karen as much anymore. She just told her mom, Irene, like, yeah, we just kind of gotten busy with our schedules. Missy liked to drink beer and get high and hang out with her friends at a place called Stonehurst Park, which was located just minutes away from her house. Um, and like I said before, much like my own continuation high school, Missy got out of school at noon so there was a lot of day left to hang out and fuck around with your friends. Yeah, And like, that's what I did. School gets
1: out at noon on a weekday. And Karen's back with her baby. Yeah. That's got a sting. <laughs> In the
0: springtime, Karen began dating Jimmy, also not his real name. Jimmy was Missy's friend from years earlier. They never dated, but apparently Jimmy had this crush on Missy since middle school. Right. And he still had a crush on her, even though he's now dating her best friend, Karen.
1: That's not going to end well. No, it is not. (laughs)
0: Missy, on the other hand, was just happy that Karen was going out with anyone. She's like, oh, yeah. good. Like, That's how you
1: get out of those relationships. You, you get them on someone else. <laughs> you get them distracted. Yeah.
0: And she was happy. She's like, oh, Karen won't be obsessing over... Yeah, a,
1: she'll have a boyfriend.
0: Exactly. But Karen was very paranoid that Missy would eventually steal Jimmy away from Ugh. her. She told her, you better stay away from my boyfriend. And Missy was heartbroken. She had zero feelings for Jimmy. They were just friends. And why was her friend pushing her away like this? Why didn't she just trust her? Yeah. Their friendship dissolved completely. For the first time since she was seven years old, Karen wasn't a part of Missy's life anymore. Missy then grew closer with Laura Doyle. Like Missy, Laura lived in Arlita her whole life. But unlike Missy, her home life was tumultuous and abusive. Laura spent so much time with Missy at her home with her loving family that she began to call Irene mom. One day at the park, Missy arrived to find Laura and Victor holding hands. Now, him and Missy were never official and everyone basically knew that. So, But Missy did ask her about it. She's like, oh, are you and Victor? Right. What's going on there? And Laura was like, is it okay? I really like him. And Missy was like, yeah, it's fine. He was never my boyfriend. And besides, Missy had just started seeing a new guy that she really liked named Bobby, not his real name. Victor and Laura got serious with each other, but him and Missy still remained close friends. In fact, he would call Missy when shit was going wrong in their relationship. Victor told Missy that Laura was very possessive. (gasps) That's not good. Again, this is another girl who's like, thinks that Victor still would rather be with Missy. These are two girls in Missy's life now who are convinced that she's out to steal their man. That summer, Karen moved into an apartment with her daughter Andrea and her boyfriend Jimmy. Karen invited Missy to come over and hang out, and though Missy was a little hesitant, she did. Karen left the room briefly while Missy was in the living room playing with Andrea. Then Jimmy came up from behind her and was like, I still like you. The book said he whispered it. Jimmy, no. Then Jimmy pulled her on top of his lap. And after he did that, Karen walked back in the room. Worst timing, right? This was like she was seeing her worst nightmare realized. Yes. This was confirmation that Missy was out to steal her man.
1: It's like always blaming the woman when it's Jimmy is the problem
0: well like, she she did blame she did yell at both of them okay but miss to, but, but missy did not pull herself jimmy pulled missy her. is
1: innocent here <laughs> she's
0: innocent yeah. in this situation absolutely so karen walked back into the room sees this she flipped out she yelled at missy to get the fuck out she starts calling her a slut then she told jimmy to get the fuck out she didn't want to see either of them ever again But a week later, Karen called Missy. She was really sorry about blowing up at her, and she wanted to be friends. They even hung out later that day. When school started up in the fall of 1985, Laura Doyle and Victor Amaya broke up. Missy went over to Vic's house to check on him. They stood and talked outside his house. He told her about how jealous Laura had always been of Missy and that he just couldn't take her games anymore, so he broke up with her. Missy was crushed she wasn't trying to make her friends jealous and she started to cry victor gave her a hug and laura pulled up in her car and (laughs) yeah this is bad and laura starts honking her horn like what the fuck are you guys doing and laura was like what the fuck's going on here and then she said um she said to like victor went over there he's like oh like hey nothing what's everything's fine And, and laura goes i'm gonna kill her for sure Victor went back to Missy and tried to console her by saying that, no, no, she's just angry at me. But Laura was really mad at Missy. And then Karen got pregnant again. (gasps) The father was Jimmy, and Karen was more determined than ever to keep Missy away from him. She even went over to Missy's house when she wasn't there to let Irene know that her daughter better keep away
1: from him this time. And Irene's like, whoa, First of all, Missy could have fucking had Jimmy if she wanted him. Right. She clearly doesn't want him. No. Or they would have already fucked. Like,
0: Right. She never fucked Jimmy.
1: Yeah. Like, It's it, an insane thing to be jealous of. Right. But Karen is like off the deep end. Yeah, I obviously. mean,
0: she's like, she's what do they call it? like, she's completely blind with
1: jealousy or yeah. rage, you know, like she just can't. Well, it's also feeding to, into all her insecurities that she's had with Missy her whole life. Right. And this is all confirming her fears. Yeah. So
0: I, Karen's at, at Missy's house when she's not there telling Irene, like, your daughter better keep away from him. You yeah. know, your daughter's a slut and she fucks a lot of guys. She's just, like, saying this to her mom. She's putting it all on Missy. And Irene, at this point, didn't tell missy about karen's accusations because she didn't want to hurt her feelings right she was like wanted to protect her like i don't want her to know that her friend called her a slut basically right Uh, you know um this is a decision that she said she would regret later it didn't take long for missy to resume her friendship with laura doyle she figured laura was just upset about the breakup and she was going to get over it soon on tuesday october 1st 1985 Missy's boyfriend, Bobby, picked her up at school to drive her home. He wanted to spend the day with her, but she said she couldn't because she had plans with Laura Doyle. Laura, she said, was going through a tough time and really needed a friend right now. Missy went inside and her mom fixed her a sandwich. Irene was a little puzzled that Missy was going to hang out with Laura because the last she heard, they had gotten into a fight. Laura pulled up in her red Volkswagen at 3 p.m., The girls had plans to go drive over to the park and do some coke together. Laura entered the Avila house and greeted Irene with a, Hi, Mom. Missy told her mother that they were going to Stonehurst Park and she would be back by 6 p.m. Before she left, Missy told her mom, Mom, I love you. I just wanted to tell you I really love you a lot. Irene never forgot those words that her daughter said to her as she left the house that afternoon. When six o'clock rolled around, the phone rang at the Avila house. Irene was expecting it to be Missy, but it was Laura calling. And Laura was like, "Hi, mom. It's Laura. Is Missy there?" And Irene was like, "Uh, she's with you. Yeah. What are you talking about?" Laura was like, "No, she's not with me. Um, we went we went to the park, and Missy saw these guys that she said she knew. They were hanging ar- hanging around a blue Camaro at the park, and she's like." Missy said she wanted to go over and talk to them, so she went over and talked to them, and I went to go get some gas, and when I came back to the park after I got gas, they were gone. Okay. And Irene was like, do you know these guys' names? Yeah. And Laura was like, no, I don't. I'm sorry. Hours went by, and still Irene hadn't heard from her daughter. She tried to not let bad thoughts enter her mind, and she ended up falling asleep. She awoke at 3 a.m. in a panic when she realized Missy still wasn't home. Later that morning, her son Mark tried to assure her that Missy had probably just stayed out late with friends and would be home soon. Irene tried to keep busy that morning, getting her youngest son Chris ready for school. At around 10.30 a.m., Irene called Bobby's house and asked if he had seen Missy, but he hadn't. The police at this point were unwilling to file a missing persons report until after 24 hours of the disappearance. So Irene went out herself and searched the neighborhood. All of Missy's girlfriends lived in the neighborhood, so she was sure that she had to be at one of their houses. She went over to Christie's, not her real name. uh, She went over to Christie's house and she said, oh, I thought she was with Laura Doyle. And Irene was like, no, this is what Laura Doyle told me. She mentioned something about some guys in a blue Camaro, but she hadn't seen her since then. Irene and Christy's search turned up nothing. And by then, it was 3 (gasps) p.m. Irene went to the police station. The police appeared nonchalant when Irene came bursting in, asking to file a report for her 17-year-old missing daughter. They told her she was probably just out with friends and she'd be back soon, but Irene was like, no, I'm filing this fucking report. On the afternoon of October 4th, two men were hiking in the Angeles National Forest when they made a grim discovery. It was the body of a girl lying face down in a shallow creek pinned underneath a large, heavy log. (gasps) The body must have been there for a few days as the minnows in the creek had begun to eat the flesh and there were insects gathering. When police arrived at the scene, Sheriff Catherine Scott noticed clumps of hair matching that of the girl lying on a rock nearby. Oh, my God. Someone had cut her hair off before she was put into the creek. Water in the lungs indicated that the cause of death was drowning, but she had been severely beaten before her death as evident by the bruises and scratches on her face and body. Her eyes were also partially open. Some of the bruises on her arms were from defensive wounds. And because of how heavy the log was, police surmised that this girl had more than one killer. Shit. And that's where we'll leave off. Oof. <sighs> Until next week.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. That's uh, crazy. Kind of f- sad story. Pretty sad. It's a very sad <laughs> story.
0: Um, but there's a lot of stuff that happens... After the fact that we'll get into next week, there is also a TV movie based on this that I want to watch next week. Okay. I forget the name of it. I'll post it on our Instagram stories
1: later. Um, Yeah, I want to watch it too. But I'll post pictures. Missy was a very pretty girl. Um, I also just want to announce what we're going to be talking about tomorrow on our Spotify Green Room live chat. Okay. We will be discussing... A new documentary that's on the Peacock app. It is called "Monster in the Shadows," and it seems like a pretty crazy case that I don't know a lot about, so I'm excited to get I have into no it. No idea
0: what it's about.
1: Yeah, it's a case. I it's a case from Alabama, oh. and it looks really interesting. Uh, so yeah, if you get a chance to watch it before tomorrow, you should do that. Or yeah. just show up anyway. You'll enjoy it
0: yeah (laughs) it's really fun yeah it is fun I really like talking to our listeners a lot
1: yeah you can comment while we're discussing the case and you can also raise your hand and the the hot (laughs) teachers (laughs) will pick on you and that's us (laughs) yeah that's us so you got to raise your hand and we'll go yes yes dear (laughs) 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 what would you like to say dear uh yeah it's been really fun so yeah so that's at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Tuesday Tomorrow, Tuesday. Well, it's today. Well, yeah, today. Uh, also, I did want to mention we did put up uh, one of the recordings of this for everyone on our Patreon. So even if you are not a member of Patreon, you can listen to it for free. Yeah. So go over to our Patreon and you can listen to that there. Patreon.com slash Hollywood Crime Thank you. Uh, so Yeah. That's all. That's That's all all my housekeeping. Okay. Well, (laughs) well, we're going to go record the
0: after show now. Okay. And we will see you all on Friday. Bye. Bye.